Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to episode 108 of Maximize Your Influence. I'm Steve Olson. I have Kurt Mortensen here with me, who is feverishly preparing for a trip to Puerto Rico. I went there for fun a couple months ago. Kurt's going for business to to train. Can we say who you're training, or are they not like that? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I'll have to check. Yeah. For a undisclosed company in the jungle of Puerto Rico. Yeah. So <laughs> it's find out. the Cali cartel. That's right. Well, I wasn't going to go that far. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of a cartel, well, I don't know if it's a cartel. I just got to notice that I'm on the bestseller list in the Middle East. Persuasion IQ sell very well over there. So thank you for that in the Middle East. <laughs> well, it's well documented. We have a large following in the Islamic Republic of Iran. Yeah. So I'm not sure what that's all about or why they're buying. Hopefully it's for business like in Dubai and some of those other places. But I thought that's quite interesting having these little pockets around the world and <laughs> yeah. doing that. So thank you over in the Middle East. We do appreciate your business. And thank you. Yeah, and we haven't said hi to our friends at the NSA for a while. Hey, guys. Yeah, um, when we say that word, it triggers us, so I'm sure we're being monitored. So, hey, yeah. hope you're having a good day. Hope our techniques are helping you out. And you know <laughs> what? If you're going to listen, guys, at least download the show so we get the stats. Yeah, we want the stats. And I remember coming back into the country, and they were like, what do you do for a living? What were you doing? I'm like, well, you know, I teach influence. And then he's like, well, I want to learn that. Teach me something. I'm like, okay, what, in 10 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> influence so, is good. Have a nice day. Yeah. Influence is good. Learn it. Call me later. <laughs> or how about you suck at influence? That's right. Buy my book. They don't do influence. It's more the power power thing, the mean look. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> mean look. Like I taught my daughter. We were going into Canada. I took my daughter into Niagara Falls, and she wanted a stamp, and he wouldn't give her a stamp. I said, well, you know, that's kind of how they are. And she was all upset, and she just wanted a stamp. But now they don't stamp. You're American, and going to Canada, they don't stamp anymore because I guess because since we're friends and neighbors, we don't deserve a one-half cent stamp. Yeah. Customs. Those guys. <laughs> Those guys. Yeah, I was in Seattle coming back. They have a train where you got to go over to one of the terminals, and there is a customs guy on the train. He's in his full garb. The funny thing was, you're usually intimidated by customs, not necessarily the physical intimidation, but just the power that they do have to make your life just terrible in, in a moment, if they want to. <laughs> but this guy was... He was all slouched over, his uniform was kind of untucked, and his shirt was baggy. And I just thought, I would think that you got to project more of a position of power. And, you know, law enforcement does that. Cops are always walking around, they got their chest out, and they're looking tough. This guy, he looked like a slouchy, part-time, do-nothing, I-don't-care security guard for like a, <laughs> a nighttime lumberyard or something. It was really, really bad body language. Yeah, well, they've got that initial thing of power that they can make your life miserable. The whole DMV, or to our Seinfeld friends, a soup Nazi thing, that when you have something that somebody wants and you have that power, people are very obedient and very polite. Yeah, because <laughs> they like you, right? It's not because you have all this power. Yeah, it's not like they can make your life miserable or go to the end of the line or not give you a license or your soup or let you in the country. It's not that at all. <laughs> There's been a lot of people on the news and articles and things that talk about how to get out of a speeding ticket, right? Mm -hmm. And without fail, some people think that they're going to successfully argue with the officer. And, <laughs> and he's just going to say, oh, you know what? You were right. It's just like when you want to argue with the referee or an umpire at a game. 
right? When in the history of the universe have they ever said, you know what, you got a good point there. Yeah, that wasn't holding. I take that back. Yeah. It doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) I remember my family who thought he knew everything, so he was getting chased by the police. They pulled over on this corner and both got out. There's two people in the car. Like, you don't know who's in the car. You can't give us a ticket. I'm like, really? Has that ever worked? Which wow. made it worse and almost got him arrested. But he, in his mind, he thought that would be the perfect thing for the cop to say, oh, yeah, I didn't know who was driving. Go ahead and go. <laughs> Just by telling <laughs> that story, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> this makes it worse. I mean, like I said, where in the history of the world has that ever worked? <laughs> That's right. For the record, everybody, the best way to get out of a speeding ticket, other than being female and crying, because mm-hmm. that does work really well. Mm-hmm. But if you're not female and you're not going to cry, the officer says, and I saw an article on this, and I have tested this personally, and I am, I'm batting about 80%. I have an 80% success rate, okay? But you get pulled over, and the officer says, do you know why I pulled you over today, sir? That is a sneaky, sneaky tactic, because by you saying, yeah, I was speeding, then you've admitted to the crime, mm-hmm. which you do not want to do, right? So you said. Well, officer, I can only imagine. I, <laughs> I really, I really apologize. What's going on? How can I help? And you're courteous and you're polite to the officer without admitting that you did anything, and that makes it a little bit more difficult for him to to do something if he doesn't have you on the gun or maybe his evidence is a little shaky. But when you're polite and you're cooperative and you just you kind of admit it without admitting it, then a lot of times it's going to work out well for you. I wasn't speeding. No, you. there's guys dealing marijuana down the street, and you got me pulled over. That doesn't work. When was the last time your gun cal- was calibrated? Yeah, the gun <laughs> calibration is is uh, not going to happen. No, I'll agree 100% with that. I do the same type of thing. You don't admit the crime, but you're friendly, you're helpful, you're nice, you're quick with everything. And it doesn't guarantee you get out of the ticket, but it usually guarantees that they're going to reduce the rate or do something and help you out a little bit. But for the most part, they do let you off, and at least they'll say, well... Instead of 100 over, we'll do 50 over, which yeah, could make yeah. a huge difference in your <laughs> fine. It's the best outcome. That may involve a ticket, but it's going to be reduced and traffic schools possible and that kind of stuff. So exactly. Possibly some of the most useful stuff we've given out on the show ever, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, it totally works. So we're going to go ahead and get moving ahead here with the show. And we want to thank everybody who has given us reviews on iTunes. And finally, we are uh, done with that promotion. We may resurrect it at some point in the future, but uh, you've been a big help. I know Kurt has been reaching out to those that have contacted us and wanted free coaching sessions. So lives are being changed as a result, and we'll definitely post some of those testimonials up on the show. If you have questions, comments, concerns, reviews, derogatory remarks, great recipes, or helpful sports tips, (laughs) send them to us and maximize your influence at gmail.com. And if it's show-worthy, we will certainly put it on. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to getting some of those from you. Uh, I know we get a few every week, and we really appreciate them. Can't get to all of them, but we'll certainly do our best. So we have a geeky article moment. Kurt gets to push the button, which he's been excited to do all week. Have at it. Yeah. All right. Herc will go. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. You got <laughs> to do better than that. that pure enthusiasm? That's an example of uh, insincere enthusiasm. Yeah, that's right. Don't do that when you're selling. <laughs> Don't do that. So, Kurt, uh, tell us what's happening when we flirt. All right. Flirt. Important safety tip. Flirting behaviors explained. This is from the Journal of Nonverbal Behavior and the University of Kansas. 
because we all have a different style, different tactic for communicating attraction. A lot of people look at their verbal and nonverbal behaviors and they're linked to attraction. They just are because we've all met people are just attracted to them. And you're not sure why. And it's usually the nonverbal and the verbal behaviors. So they went down, they actually broke down flirting styles, which was really interesting, to physical, traditional, sincere, polite, playful categories. And so they brought people in these subjects and they had them report their level of attraction during their conversations. And when there was this attraction, they went back and looked at the video to see what was going on. And they coded 36 flirting behaviors. And we're not going to go into that. <laughs> but it would be interesting to take each of those and put those in the book because I know that's a huge market to get more dates and to attract the opposite sex. So what they found out is those with the sincere style, those communicate attraction through self-disclosure and focused attention. Those are the ones that were attentive and less fidgety worked really well and female sincere flirts laughed and smiled more and were more frequently showed a, a sign of interest they called it the coy gaze i don't know if we need to define that i don't know if i can define that the, the coy, coy gaze yeah c-o-y do you know what a coy gaze is uh coy that's are you being coy is it that yeah. shy bashful timid modest reserved shy bashful reserved so is it is coy kind of like you're a little bit of teasing, like I'm not yeah. going to come after you, but here I am. Just a little of those signs of interest, the, yeah. that type of thing. And they discovered the males who were the traditional flirts, those that believed that the male should make the first move and the women should be passive, were more likely to lean into the interaction and adopt open body posture. So bottom line, it was kind of confusing with the different types and the different models, but that's what worked the best. They found out when it comes to flirting, most people are pretty subtle. When it got on the radar that it was completely obvious, that's what it had of the opposite effect. Everybody does it differently, and that's okay. But when flirting is low-keyed and it's varied and we're oblivious to what's going on, subconsciously we kind of know what's going on, that's when it had the best effect. And so flirting's different for different people. We have different subconscious triggers. But the biggest lesson to all my flirts out there, <laughs> that just... Subtle things go a long way. Because usually we're really bad at detecting if people are flirting with us. We're thinking, are they flirting? They might be flirting. They're not flirting. And everybody around us can tell, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but sometimes we can't tell. And that's true with ingradiation and praise a lot of times also. But the subtle things, being very careful that you're not on the radar is the biggest thing they learned in the study. When that happened, that had the opposite effect. Okay, okay. That makes sense. You know, the sleazy guy in the bar... Right. With the pickup lines, it uh, rarely works, but little subtleties that's I could certainly see that works in sales, too, that way. <laughs> and that's what they exactly yeah. when they know that you're selling resistance, but it's when subtle with the connecting and the praise and working with them and understanding the psychology of influence. That's when it works. Yeah, that's a good point, because a lot of people say, oh, you couldn't really connect with me if you're trying to sell me something no matter what. But if you transition it to flirting, which is sales, it's a lead generation. <laughs> right? You're so flirt leads. more during your persuasive presentation. Yeah. I mean, it's really a, a woman or a man. If somebody takes an interest and does learn a little bit about them and knows what they're doing, that is appreciated. And it is in sales, too. I was watching a, a store owner. They had a retail store with clothing. And they were, he was getting beat up by somebody. You just hire an attractive female. That's all you're doing. He's all, well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was no denial. There was nothing else. He was like, duh. <laughs> I thought that was quite interesting. 
no denial. There you know there's the science behind it. But anyway, as we get derailed, that is the article. At the risk of offending listeners, not that that's ever really mattered, but <laughs> we have to go through the pretense. There was an article I read, oh, probably 18 months ago, a woman who was wearing a burqa and wanted to work at Hooters. I'm not kidding you. Okay. And they, they would not let her, and she sued. And it's just, I, I believe the judge said, well, no, this is, come on, you know, this is obvious what this place is all about. And, you know, we're, we're sorry this employment opportunity didn't turn out for you. It was more like it was to try to, to make a point. You know what I mean? Because how could something that obvious escape you? You know what I mean? Yeah, it sounds like it's just a setup for a lawsuit that's been happening more and more. Uh, yeah, it sounds like what it is. So that's the geeky article a moment moment that uh, Kurt, you know, it started off pretty weak when he hit the button, but he really hit his stride there, so we all need to give him some credit. <laughs> there we go. I'll take the credit on that one. Yes, you will. I take the credit. Take it where it's due. So <laughs> You've been telling me a little bit about this trip you have coming up to Puerto Rico, going to stay down on the south side in a place called Ponce. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, it's very, he's lucky, going to train a company down there, hang out at a resort for a week, and he's been prepping the curriculum. And something has been on his mind as he's done that, uh, because you get training these corporate execs who are in their corporate world and with their corporate speak and Six Sigma and synergy and everything. You got to kind of think about this from their point of view. So what's been on your mind, Kurt? What can you share with the listeners that's of value as you've been prepping this training, which by the way, this company pays Kurt a lot of money to go do, and you're getting it all for the cost of less than a Honda Civic right here on the podcast. Oh, good time for a plug. Yeah, that's right. Good well, time for a plug. So go to <laughs> universityofpersuasion.com. Yeah, I just said it to you and you dropped it. <laughs> I did. I was wide open in the end zone. It was a just... perfect set for the plug. And you're like, oh yeah, it is a good time for a plug. I'm like, yeah, thank you for that. The, the subtlety uh, didn't work there, did it? <laughs> oh, minus two points for me or you one of us has to lose i, I think oh. everybody including the listeners lost on that yeah, one yeah. <laughs> so why don't we just go anyway. to what's on your mind <laughs> well it's interesting when i train two three days for these large companies we kind of have a discovery session where we talk about strengths weaknesses of the teams what they're looking for why they want to learn influence a lot of big corporations are looking to how do you influence when you don't have that position or that power that's a big one right now because Influencing down is easy. Okay, do this. They're below you. But when you have to influence another department, when you have to influence the CEO, when you have to influence another company, you don't have a position of power like police officers, other people we talked about earlier. And this one came up to where we talked about motivation. And if people can't motivate themselves, they can't persuade themselves. And we've talked about self-persuasion before. And a lot of times when you're persuading other people and persuading yourself, a lot of the techniques are the same. And he said he had a lot of people that really couldn't control their thoughts, which sent them off to left field, which got them not to focus, which caused projects to be late, which caused the meetings to derail. And it's been really interesting, and we've mentioned this a little bit before, about self-persuasion and thoughts. And here's what's really interesting as we looked into this. He brought that up, and I, I talked about it, and we've talked about this before in seminars, especially when we talk about millionaire psychology and mindset, the concept of our thoughts. And whether it's your prospect thoughts or your own thoughts, this is a big thing. You know, I love what Ralph Waldo Emerson said. He says, a man is what he thinks about all day long. And to take control of your life, you have to take control of your mind. And by doing that, you have to take control of, of your thoughts because you are basically a sum total of your thoughts. In fact, let's bring in Napoleon Hill of Think and Grow Rich. He said something really interesting. He says, every man, I'll interject, or woman, is what he is because of the dominating thoughts which he permits to occupy his mind. 
thoughts which a man deliberately places in his own mind and encourages with sympathy and with which he mixes any one or more of the emotions constitute the motivating forces which direct and control his every movement, act, and deed. So this is huge. And a lot of people say, well, you shouldn't have negative thoughts. Well, we do. And the difference is between being really successful and just being average is when the average person has a negative thought, they dwell on it. They think about what if it could, it might. It gives it a place to grow, and ultimately it happens versus a successful person has a negative thought because everyone has negative thoughts. They redirect it, and they think about something different. So you have to ask yourself, where are your thoughts taking you? And that's why I want to talk about thoughts because it's huge. Because if you're trying to persuade someone and their thoughts are somewhere else, it's very difficult to keep them involved. So here's the big picture. It's T, T-E-A, just like the drink. Your thoughts control your emotions. Your emotions control your actions. Whether it's you, your prospect, your coworkers, it doesn't matter. You have to understand the power of this because it makes a big difference in your ability to influence yourself and influence other people. Okay, so... I'm curious. I hear that. And I totally agree with it. Thoughts influence emotions, emotions influence actions. So the conclusion there is do whatever you can to have really positive thoughts or center your thoughts around whatever it is that you want, because it will impact your emotions and thus your actions. So there was a movie, and you and I know this one well, 10 years ago that came out-ish called The Secret. Mm, oh, ah, yeah. The Secret, right? And I, there's been, you know, a lot of people made fun of it. And so I, I saw a sitcom the other day where they watched The Secret. And the guy basically said, yeah, you just got to, like, sit around and do nothing and think about what you want and you get free stuff. Was <laughs> <laughs> That was how he understood the movie. And that was the whole premise of this episode is him sitting around thinking about what he wanted. There's some merit to that. But there's also the fact that negative things happen in life. And we have to plan. We have to deal with that. So what are your thoughts on that where... We obviously want to have positive thoughts, but we need to plan for and be prepared for when bad things happen, too. How do we balance that? And when you look at the movie The Secret, there are some great truths in there. But again, if you're sitting on the couch thinking, I'm the best and people love me, I'm a millionaire, (laughs) and never do anything, they are going to haul you off or you're going to lose your house, whatever is going to happen first, right? Because that's the formula. You have the thoughts. And you have the good emotions, but you have to have that action plan. You have to get out there and start doing things. And you bring up a good point. When you start doing things, you might get beat up. You might get a bloody nose. You might fail. At least you're out there doing something and having that action. And so when you talk about that optimism, which is a critical component of influence, that you have to look around corners. And and influential people are optimistic. They know things are going to go wrong. But ultimately, they know that things are going to work out. But they know that there's going to be a few failures, a few setbacks, a few bloody noses along the way. So that's the difference to where you know big picture things are going to be okay. You're going to get there. But you know you're going to stub your toe. You know you're going to hit a pothole. However you want to look at that, that is the difference versus the person that hits the pothole. They go back home. It didn't work. I had good thoughts. I called on one person. It didn't work. Right? You've done real estate. We've trained real estate people before. and Well, it didn't work. No, no, no. It didn't work for you. Okay? Whatever industry you're in, if it's working for somebody, it could work for you. But too many people get out there and they, oh, it didn't work. No, it didn't work for you. We know it works. We have to get in there with sustained effort, work on our thoughts, which changes our emotions, which changes our actions. And when we get out there and we have the right actions, ultimately it's going to work out. But there will be some setbacks along the way. Yeah, nothing is perfect. I think the problem in that is that people are isolating their feelings to one very narrow and specific 
incident or occurrence mm. and then judging everything based on that, which is not what you, you should do. I mean, in anything, in, in a football game or whatever, the other team's going to get some points. They're going to they're going to do some damage. But exactly. really, it's what is the end goal? And you can't get focusing on those little individual things. Otherwise, you do get bogged down in the negative. Those are your thoughts. Those are your emotions. And then you start getting into this cycle of bad actions that, that just perpetuate this problem that you're having. Well, and another thing that causes that downward spiral, too, is that human nature is, when we look at self-esteem and motivation, is we are wired to always compare our weakness to other people's strengths. And we That's will true. lose every time, right? And then we get depressed. When you golf the first time, if you're comparing yourself to someone that's a professional, you'll never compare. Or if you've never been public speaking and you're comparing yourself to a professional public speaker or football, whatever it is, we got to have a reality check and realize these guys have put 10,000 hours in. These girls have done this to get to that point. But we always do that and we have to be very careful of that, that we don't get stuck in that because we'll, we'll never win that game ever. Ever, ever. Yeah. And Wow, I think we've talked about it on the show before too, but that's the era of social media, right? It's mm -hmm. You've got other people's highlight reel in front of you all the time. And you're sitting there going, man, I'm just filling out some paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's skydiving with a suitcase full of a million dollars right now. <laughs> what a loser I am, right? So true, so true. Yeah. <laughs> what else on T should be aware of? Well, latest science and latest research shows that actually the opposite is true. That our actions can control our emotions, which can control our thoughts, which is very interesting to where if you're really having a hard time with your thoughts, just changing your posture, changing your actions, going for a walk in the sun. If you do your hands up in the victory formation, it actually releases testosterone, which does change your emotions, which can change your thoughts to be a little more positive. So if you're having a challenge on the thought side, fix your action side. Get in the sun. Get some fresh air. Do the victory formation with your hands. Whatever you need to do, get a little energy. Change your posture. Whatever you can do, the opposite is true to fix it. So if you have the combination of both, your thoughts and your action, you can change your day. You can change your demeanor. Whether it be yourself and self-persuasion or working with other people will make a big difference in your ability to persuade and influence. Absolutely true. Just getting off your butt and doing something does kind of have this reverse effect and and really, that's the opposite of the vicious cycle of negativity is to actually do something and then your thoughts are that much better. That's why you just get, get up and exercise. Wow, you just feel so much better about your day and, and yourself. And everyone says, well, I don't have time. Well, exercise gives you more time. <laughs> you yeah. think better, you feel better, you accomplish more, you sleep less. I, I've made that excuse too. I have found when I don't exercise, that is a big hole as far as every aspect of my life. So that's a big one. I don't have time excuse does not work because exercise gives you more time because you'll live longer is another reason to exercise. That's right. That's right. Anything else you want to hit on, T? One final thing as I was looking at charismatic people and leaders is that their ability to focus and concentrate was a big piece of that. And that's part of controlling your thoughts, getting in and getting things done. Because a lot of people play ping pong with their thoughts. They're like, oh, wow, how to start thinking about that versus really controlling your thoughts, learning how to concentrate. It takes practice. It takes effort. But as you go up the corporate ladder and look at successful people, they can get in and focus and concentrate. And I love what my early mentor, Jim Rohn, used to say. He said, wherever you are, be there. <laughs> okay? It sounds simple, yeah. but it's not. I'm still working with that because... I'm at work, I got to do this. I'm thinking, yeah, I should take my family on a picnic. I should do that. So I'm thinking about the picnic. And then when I go to the picnic, I'm thinking about what I need to do at work. Yep. Man, that's terrible. 
But we all get stuck on that. Just be there with your prospect, be there with your family, be there at the meeting, be there in the negotiation. Learn to focus and concentrate. Learn to redirect your thoughts. It is a success skill that really will help you influence, in fact, every aspect of your life. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, why don't we move on and cue up the blunder? Oh, blunder. Homer, give it to us. Don't, don't, don't. Here we go with the blunder. I've got the blunder this week. And as I say this, you might be saying kind of, well, duh, that's what they do. That's just who they are. They're blunder people. That's what they do. Yeah. It doesn't mean I have to like it, though, does it? <laughs> no. 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 This is this is our time to gripe. And, and some people may think that, that the blunder is just a time for Kurt and I to complain like grumpy, grumpy old men or something. My wife and I are shopping for a new couch. It's time. Couch in the main room of our house has had it. It's done, and plus we've got a new baby on the way, and we're just kind of re redoing everything, getting ready for that to happen. So we went to a department store that uh, sells furniture and found a great couch at a price that we were shockingly happy to see because I don't know if anything's more overpriced than furniture, Kurt. I mean, it's... Uh, jewelry. But jewelry, okay. <laughs> that jewelry. would be probably the only thing. Those two categories, like, really? Yeah, furniture is definitely top five. You're going, what? <laughs> you want that for that? <laughs> no. So we go shopping for this, and oh, a really great price, really awesome, so excited about it. Oh, but you want it in that color, <laughs> right? Yeah. So my wife wanted this kind of gray color for the couch. Oh, well, that's the other collection of fabric. And that's going to be an extra $800 for that one. And we soon found out, because this, of course, put my persuasion radar uh, antenna way up. And I soon found out that that's everything in the store. They put the bottom end fabric out. And every store does. It's a bait and switch. Builders do it. You know, homes from the low 200s, right? So it was a classic uh, bait and switch, classic blunder. Beware if you're not already. But that's certainly something they do. Are you going to get off... Paying that price tag? Definitely not. And and that's the case with almost any product. That's your traditional foot in the door. Anything to get you in, anything to get you looking, computers from $100. You mentioned real estate. They do it with cars. Same type of thing. They get your greed glands going. You're salivating and you're thinking about using it. They're getting you mentally involved. It's going to look good. And then it's just easier, a little step at a time to upsell you a little bit at a time to get you going on that. That's what they do. They're very good at it. They're very good at it. So that's this week's blunder. Remember to keep tuning into the show. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Maximize your influence. Follow us on Twitter at InfluenceMax or follow us on Facebook. You can just go into Facebook, type in Maximize Your Influence into the search bar, and you'll see the group up there. We occasionally release uh, good videos, pictures, other things about persuasion on that page, and we'll tweet them out too. So make sure you follow us on those and subscribe to the show, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever your choice may be. And you can always listen directly at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. We appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you next week on another episode of Maximize Your Influence. See you next week and persuade with power. 